Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Hey there, listeners. It's Doug. Just wanted to let you know that this episode, episode 93, was actually recorded about a month or so ago, and I just didn't get around to releasing it. So apologies to my guest Lee um, and apologies to anybody who was waiting for it. But one thing that's really cool is that because it was recorded a month ago, there's a lot of stuff in here uh, in the way of predictions about Scarlet and Violet, uh, questions about Scarlet and Violet. And so I'll be dropping it at the exact same time as my first impressions episode with Kyle. Um, and there's kind of a cool duality to that. It's a fun double feature. Uh, hope you enjoy. Episode 93 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. It's time for another adventure in the world of Pokemon. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm Team Farigaraf because, frankly, Wiglet kind of makes me uneasy. Today, we're talking about the latest Pokemon Presents and trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, released on October 5th, 2022. Of course, Victory Road is a production of the Four Eyed Radio Network and is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And as always, please subscribe to and rate this podcast wherever you are listening. Those ratings and reviews make Victory Road much more visible and certainly easier to find. Today, I am not alone, of course. I am joined by a wonderful guest co-host. He's our resident Pokemon primate specialist, Professor Spruce himself. It's Lee. Welcome back, Lee. Hello! I'm always (laughs) glad to be here. This is like probably the most fun i ever have on a sun on a, no it is not sunday good lord whatever you see is. where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> we're both there i don't know <laughs> all those primate punches to the face they take their toll yeah you know <laughs> anime head bump anime head bump anime head bump you know <laughs> teary emoji yes exactly how's it going uh, you and i haven't chatted in a while oh it's been pretty good um i'm st- Still not completed my uh, sword playthrough, but that's probably because <laughs> I've just been everywhere else. You know, a uh, traveling professor has to uh, travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need power. Switch doesn't run on, you know, steps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not talking the, the Pokewalk here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I do love that game. I've played it a number of times, which I've never done with a Pokemon game before. So folks who are either playing it for the first time or still working on their adventure make me happy because I personally love Sword and Shield quite oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah, and just introducing the idea that you can uh, actually customize your trainer. Of course, this was I, I guess Pokemon Go kind of got the jump on that, but mm-hmm. still being able to have a base Pokemon game where you can change your clothes, your skin color, your hair, your eye color, things of that nature and make it truly, well yours ish within the realm mm-hmm. of the game's limitations that's kind of what enkindled me to that to that generation and i'm i'm kind of glad they're continuing that which i guess we'll touch on a bit later yeah adding more and more right like they've had minor customization uh that keeps kind of growing and growing i feel like sword and shield was 
certainly the best version of it. And this looks even better um, with Scarlet and Violet, which is primarily what we're talking about today. So let's let's dive right into it. Let's immediately get down to business. Yes. Um, we are talking about the last two major Scarlet and Violet announcements and probably some stuff before that just along the way. These two major announcements were from the faux World Pokemon Ecological Society webinar on September 28th and the 14-minute gameplay trailer from October 5th. Um, the webinar pretty much had one major announcement, so we didn't do a full episode on it. Um, the 14-minute gameplay trailer was jam-packed, so <laughs> oh, yes, there's a lot to get into there. Um, as always, uh, I've said this for every Scarlet and Violet lead-up episode, since it's a new game season, a reminder that Victory Road never deals in leaks and rumors. Um, our personal preference generally, or at least mine, is to start new games as blind as the official press will allow. So if you are tuned into that scene, totally fine. Just don't share them with the Victory Road accounts. Thank you. Please <laughs> stay out of the comment section. Exactly, exactly. We we do, I turned the live chat on and uh, live chat off, not chat hot. That's a Pokemon. <laughs> a live chat off anytime I'm watching like a Pokemon live stream because I'm like somebody knows something I don't want to know. <laughs> Okay, well, the first thing was that World Pokemon Ecological Society webinar, which I didn't even know was happening until I saw the major announcement, which was a new Pokemon called Wiglet. I didn't watch the full webinar. I saw like some clips and bits and, and pieces and whatnot. I think the idea of doing something like that is cool. It's kind of like when they did the um the Glimwood Tangle live stream to announce Ponyta or when they did the like glitched out website to announce Surfetch. I like when they have creative ways to announce new Pokemon, but right. Most of that webinar wasn't really anything. So I've, <laughs> I pretty much just watched the portion where they showed Wiglet and talked about Wiglet. Did you, I don't know if you watched any of it. I know a lot of people didn't watch any of it. They just kind of looked at the, the aftermath. Stuff. Honestly, I was not aware this was a thing. <laughs> See, when it comes to like the uh, the whole augmented reality stuff that uh, that Pokemon yeah. does, I'm I'm really not always like I don't always have my ear to the ground about that stuff. So, um, the announcements that came there thereof, I only found out after the fact. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But then again, if it has any content whatsoever, is it really a webinar? <laughs> so, these are the important questions we need to address. <laughs> <laughs> if I learned something, <laughs> I mean, we did learn a weird thing though. And we were talking very briefly about this before the recording. I do think the existence of Wiglet is kind of confusing, but there is a real world analogy to it. So I think, I think it'll begin to make sense um, with like a, a little bit of, of clarification. Basically what they did was they announced this Pokemon called Wiglet. It looks like a skinny white Diglet. Um, it's based on, I think it's called a garden eel or something like that yes. or a spotted garden eel, maybe. Uh, um, so there was some confusion about like what animal it's based on. It's based on an eel, not a mole, which is what Diglett is based on. And I guess the idea behind Wiglet is that it's not a regional form. It's not an evolution. It's not a pre-evolution. It is something that exists in the real world called a convergent evolution, which is are different animals that evolve to have the same or similar characteristics based on their environment, but are otherwise totally unrelated. Huh. And I saw a good example somebody put out there, which is sharks and dolphins. 
they're not related, but they have a lot of very similar biological characteristics. And that's when it really like made sense to me. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know why Pokemon is doing this, but technically Wiglet is not related to Diglett at all. Well, <laughs> I guess this is sort of a... I kind of like this because they're taking notes from, from real world natural like events, mm-hmm. which kind of adds to the depth of the Pokemon world because, you know, they're always constantly, oh, well, here's a new species. Well, this species has always been around, but you're just now hearing about it. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is stuff that happens in the real world, except not as on large a scale as Pokemon, where suddenly you have 75 new species that you'd never heard of, but apparently they've been around <laughs> forever. <Right. laughs> but to see something so, like, so close to Diglett and it's not even you know with like the Alolans with the you know the little strands of hair on top but like an actual like completely unrelated thing currently I don't have any examples off of the top of my head that you know have that sort of parallel but it does happen uh on occasion and that's I kind of like it yeah I think it's an interesting idea for the world of Pokemon because once they introduced regional variants, they basically embraced the idea of like biological evolution in addition to Pokemon evolution. Then they got into the whole Hisui thing where like some Pokemon used to exist and no longer exist for various reasons, right? So like they they do take inspiration from the real sort of biological world. I'm curious though, will Wiglet be a sort of single instance of this or does this mean that in the Paldea region, we can expect several convergent evolution Pokemon that resemble Pokemon we already know, but are otherwise totally unrelated. Which would be interesting, though, also to to not say, like, maybe Wiglet wouldn't be a one-off, but maybe, like, one more in the Paldean Pokedex that shows up. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of more realistic and more parallel to how, to how the real world works where because i mean yeah you don't see pairs all the time that you can draw parallels to but i kind of i kind of hope not in a sense maybe maybe one more that you can sort of compare to but maybe not like a, a handful like we do the regional variants the number that stands out to me as the limit and this comes from nothing other than just my gut is like i don't want more than four and if there are that many, I think ideally they are just single stage Pokemon. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think for some reason four feels okay. Regional variants, I don't mind there being several of them. Um, but those are specifically the same Pokemon. And so they don't necessarily take up another Pokedex entry. They are considered just like another version or another form. Right. I think if we get to the point where we have lots of pokemon that are that they're like no this is totally new it just happens to look like the other one something about that will stop feeling special and will start feeling sort of cheap so yeah i'm with you like i don't want a lot of it i think one other one would be kind of cool i think up to four i could deal with more than that i think we're getting a little too cute and i don't necessarily want a ton of this but I will say Wiglet is kind of the first Pokemon they've announced that I haven't been that hype on. Um, but depending on what they do with this idea of convergent evolution, if anything, um, I could be I could be sold. Yeah, I I feel like it could be a there's potential there for some some comic relief during gameplay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just like woo. 
Yeah. I also hope that if Wiglet does evolve, it evolves into something very different than a Doug Trio. If it just evolves into a Wiglety version of Doug Trio, I think I'm out on this right. idea. <laughs> Instead of one worm, it's three worms. Right. <laughs> Shocking, right? <laughs> Surprise us, you know, keep us on our toes. Do something neat with it. Have Do it something turn cool. into like a sea sponge or something. yeah i mean if it's like an eel you know stick with that that theme and it is i believe just solely a water type i don't i it has nothing to do with ground or rock or anything Uh, nothing to do with like earthly elements i think it is purely water so we'll see where that goes yeah um since you and i haven't talked about the this game yet and there haven't been a ton of new pokemon announcements in these two things do you have favorite pokemon or, or pokemon that you've sort of like been like, ooh, that looks fun or that looks cool from these games that you've seen at least. Um, the uh the the fire starter. Oh, Fuecoco. Fuecoco. Yeah. Yes. Uh, see, I am. I kind of like the whole like alligator type Pokemon. Yeah. Especially when they're derpy. So, yes. <laughs> see this. Yes. This kind of in kin- I kind of got this in kindling with uh um with Totodile back in the day. Yes. And so I was all in on Totodile. And once I saw Fue Coco, I just, it was the same feeling all over again. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of hoping that we get the same, uh, the same evolution style as Totodile was, where it's just like really derpy starter. And then it turns into this like huge, like freaking like almost Godzilla type alligator thing. Yeah. I, uh, for alligator to me would be like best case, technically bipedal version of Fue Coco evolution. I would love for Fue Coco to just be like full on like alligator crocodile like yes. beast as it evolves um as opposed to what they frequently do with fire pokemon now which is just to make them humanoid <laughs> and like like turn them into wrestlers it seems like luchadors <laughs> wrestlers soccer players uh magicians yeah uh, cuz there was a what um Ambor. Oh, Embor was Ambor. like uh he, he seemed like a But it uh, is just like a sumo. Yeah. Kind of. And then you had um Litten. Incineroar. Incineroar, yeah, the there we go. Incineroar was kind of like that uh um luchador type. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, Fuecoco kind of I, I don't know why the other two just really don't pull any sort of feeling from me, but Fuecoco mm-hmm. is like just the front runner by a mile. Sometimes it's just like that, you know, like some generations I'm like, I love all of you and I couldn't possibly decide. And sometimes I'm like, I d- you're the only one. You're the only one for me. You know, it's just you never know. Who knows? I might start the game. And then as soon as I get uh, access to Pokemon Home, I'll just get my my shiny Electivire back out <laughs> <laughs> like I do every time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Right. I mean, <laughs> He he's he's my standby. I can't. He's he's yeah. he's my buddy. You roll up to the first gym. They've got a level ten whatever, uh, and you roll up with your Electivire. <laughs> I am the first gym leader. I am the test for all trainers. It's like, yeah, sorry, bud. This guy came from a buddy of mine. <laughs> One hit. Okay. Yeah, we still. I mean, we got a little bit in this fourteen minute trailer about like the gym battles and Victory Road and all that sort of stuff, but. We still don't fully know how the gyms are going to work. Like, no. do you have? Is there a way that you want to see it work? Since they keep no. talking about this open world experience, you can go anywhere you want. Is there a way that you're hoping the gyms work? I liked the way they worked in Sword and Shield, and f- what I got from this trailer was that there's at least some sort of element to that with the um the opening test. 
So I kind of liked that element because it, it made you think, it pulled you away from just monotonously battling over and over and over again. It gave you something to do besides that. It's so, like mixing the Orange Islands with like the actual Pokemon League. Right. You know what I mean? Where like you have to do your test to do your battle and then you do your battle. Right. And and I my hope is that because they keep talking about this open world element where you can go anywhere you want, you can challenge... They, they are making it sound... Like, you can challenge gym leaders in any order you want. And if that is true, because I, I am having a hard time believing it, if that is true, I think they could do some very interesting things with the tests. Yeah. Um, especially if you can do a test and then not immediately do the gym leader. I think that could be cool. Because huh. Sword and Shield, you lock in before you do the test. Right. Pretty much, you throw your uniform on and you can't you can't leave until that test is done. And yeah, I kind of get that. Though uh, it it sucks for folks with commitment issues, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it sucks for those of us too who are like compulsive Pokemon Center visitors. Yeah, like who are like I've battled one trainer and lost five HP. I must go to a Pokemon Center. I've been working on it, but I'm still not great. <laughs> so this is why my my backpack is normally full of like hyper potions and yep. ethers, and because I just I'm a hoarder. <laughs> sword and shield helped me with that because sword and shield just they just throw money at you in that game oh yes so it's like okay this is my opportunity to like actually rely on medicine items instead of you know living outside the pokemon center <laughs> and then i found out that uh i i'm surprised that with the games having been out this long i just now found out about a um i think it was a gigantamax meowth Oh yeah, long cat. Yes, and the uh, the and the uh, the ancient coin, mm-hmm. and apparently you spam that, and you can actually max out your winnings. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> that game wants you to be a millionaire so bad. I mean, hey, by the way, there's this giant castle owned by a CEO who solely owns all the energy that's provided to the region. Mm-hmm. You can yep. be too. Now I do wonder because we haven't learned and and i don't think we did for sword and shield either we haven't learned who like the main antagonist is i don't think most pokemon games tell you that before the game starts right um but we did know chairman rose was a character and i think chairman rose was a relatively easy character to sort of point at and be like you seem suspicious you own all the energy in the world right we did get a character and this isn't in the trailers that you and i are necessarily talking about but we did get a character named greta and Greta gives some interesting vibes. She's a little bit intimidating. I don't know if you saw anything with Greta, but she's a little creepy. And I'm wondering if she'll end up being the villain or if they'll try to subvert it and be like, she's intense and she runs the Pokemon League and you think she's a villain, but no, no, no. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. She's just intent. She's just she's intense. She's just intense. Yeah. <laughs> she's just very tall and intense. <laughs> we like our tall ladies around here. Exactly. Yes. All the more leg to step on me with. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. I know you, this is meant to be a child-friendly podcast. <laughs> everybody only um, gets one. Well, <laughs> everybody gets one. Exactly. We do have Team Star, but it just seems that we're kind of going the same route as uh, as the Alolan region, where they're just kind of like bullies. I guess I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I will say. I do miss, I think, uh, no, I know, definitively, I do miss having an actual evil organization or team, right? So, like, 
Sword and Shield does not have an evil organization. No. I, I don't know how much you know or, or or don't, but I'm guessing you're far enough along to have learned that there is no evil organization. Yeah, no, it's just a bunch of <laughs> it, it's a bunch of fanboys. It's boys. a bunch of hooligans. Yeah, hooligans right. Like fan. in the most sort of UK sense, like in the in the most English sense, it's a bunch of hooligans. They're they're Manchester United fans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. They're loud and they yell at you. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's the, like, you know, Team Yell is just a bunch of fanatics. And then Team Skull was sort of a bunch of delinquents. Yeah. Um, and there was, you know, there was a little bit, there was a, an organization in in Sun and Moon that wasn't just Team Skull. But I do kind of miss the the evil team. And so we we know about Team Star. We also know that they're just students at the school. I think the trailers have been calling them just school troublemakers yeah so and somehow they just so happen to get their hands on a bunch of materials and blockade entire roads yes okay so let's let's officially dive into this 14 minute trailer because they organize it in an interesting way and i've sort of like charted out what the headlines for each section are right right the way that it started was like let's check in on four trainers journeys because again they're really selling this idea that you can choose between a few options of like how you want to play this game you don't have to start the same way as your friend who's not starting the same way as their sibling right like you all could be playing it very differently right so we know that there is the gym challenge which is normal we know that there is this sort of like naturey type quest and we know that there's this sort of star team star thing so each each trainer kind of touches on that so the first trainer we see in this trailer here are the things they show off um one thing that stood out th- the first thing they show off is like more terra type stuff any reactions before we get into this just on terotypes? Terotypes. <laughs> now, I I did have a note here that um, I was really just floored by the fact that they're kind of opening this up. They're going they're going ham with this. Like all eighteen types are going to have some sort of representation. And dude, when you and there is no guarantee that the terotype will match the type of the natural typing of the Pokemon that has it. Right. No. And yeah, exactly. This was a question that Kyle and I had, and this was not the answer we were expecting. We were, I asked, do you think every Pokemon will be able to have every Terra type? And both of us were like, no, there's no way that would be wild. And it would drive collectors absolutely bonkers. Meanwhile, the video says. (laughs) Exactly. That means that there will absolutely be collectors out there who are going to be finding or trying to find 18 different versions of the exact same Pokemon. Oh, that guarantees replayability right there. There you go. There you go. But it's wild to me. I mean, I wrote this down word for word because the narrator said any Pokemon is capable of having any of the 18 different types as its Terra-type, which is wild to me. Because then you've got Pokemon with Terra-types that are completely counterintuitive to their to their typing. Yeah. Like... um. Uh, later on in the video, which we'll we'll probably mm-hmm. touch base on it again, but they had a, a pseudo widow that yep. that terrestrialized and was a grass type, and I'm like, wait a second, it's weak against grass. But that is brilliant, though. It I is. love that that's the Pokemon they're choosing to show this off with, <laughs> because it is the Pokemon that you expect to be grass and is not right. <laughs> but then what's wild is in in that battle, they in that same battle. Sudowoodo turned into a grass type and then Drifloon, I think, no, was it Drifloon? I don't know. Whatever Pokemon was fighting, it turned into 
like a flying type. It couldn't have been Drifloon because that's already flying type. Whatever it was. And so what's really wild about it is I, I have never been more interested in watching competitive Pokemon than I am for when this game goes competitive. Oh, this is going to be crazy. Because every Pokemon can have a temporary third type. <laughs> do you know what i mean like that's gonna be bananas right it changes it it changes the field right i can't wait to talk to like rye because i feel like she'll have a like i can't think competitively it's not how my brain works but i feel like she at least kind of has her pulse on it and then like uh talking to nuki josh i feel like has a generally good mind for competitive stuff i just have no idea i don't know if you watch any of the competitive stuff i do not unless yeah. they say there's a free pokemon Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it is totally, it misses my brain entirely. So, but but I am curious about what this will look like in this particular generation, because I have to imagine it complicates things greatly. Oh, because then know? you have your uh, your EVs, your typing, you've got, uh, yeah. now you've got uh, Terra types. Oh my. I know. We're getting into like fantasy football stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought fantasy football was complicated, wait till you check out Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's a way to right? open it up to a completely new player base right there. <laughs> it's like, hey you, you happen to like the complications that are that are involved in do you like how involved uh fantasy football is well here's mm-hmm. your game <laughs> do you love convoluted competitive atmospheres <laughs> <laughs> yes the other thing that this first trainer really showed off Kind of the big thing, I think. There's two big things, but I think this is the even bigger thing. And I, I'm very curious to see how it works in action. Is what they called the let's go command. Which is basically passive overworld commands for your Pokemon. So like, you can have a Pokemon traveling with you. And you can give it the let's go command to either battle a Pokemon passively. Where you're not doing anything. It just battles on its own. Or it goes out and collects items. Which is strange like i don't really know how to feel about it i haven't really given it enough thought i guess probably because i need to see it more in action well when arceus released that was kind of i feel like that was kind of their uh their testing ground i don't feel like the pokemon company and nintendo really expected that to hit it out of the park but they were taking notes on what features players liked this sort of open world combat feature feels a lot like what they had in arceus where you know you're just able to engage but it it's on a simpler level yeah it does look like it retains the sort of overworld standard battling but then yeah they add the element of like you don't even necessarily have to be in battle for your pokemon to battle right i'm sure there's tons of limitations right obviously you can't switch out you can't choose its moves you can't catch it as far as i'm as far as we could tell Right, it looks like purely um, an experience gaining type thing. You know what it seems like? I wonder if this is why they call it the Let's Go command. It's like when you would carry your Pokemon around with you right, in the Pokeball controller or like the Pokewalker. Right. It, it feels like that, but like totally in-game. <laughs> yes. So maybe that's kind of what they were going for. But I, I will be curious to see if it ever becomes necessary. Like... One thing that Legends Arceus did was the evolution mechanics in that game frequently was like, this Pokemon can't evolve until you've used a strong style move 10 times, or this Pokemon can't evolve until it's used this signature move 10 times or whatever. I wonder if there are going to be any Pokemon that have to let's go battle, you know, in order to to evolve. And we do see that with the uh, the Team Star 
oh, let's get into that. That's the same trainer, and this fascinated me. I really feel like this is where it would come into play, because it'll you can either do like open-world combats, or uh, since they're implementing storylines, maybe fetch quests, mm-hmm. where you have to gather a certain amount of uh, materials. But uh, you get into this Team Star uh, fortress, I guess, or blockade, and it's literally just five to ten Pokemon being just sent your way. And seeing that you're not limited to just throwing out one Pokemon with this let's go command. Well, originally I was like, yeah, okay, you're just, you know, sicking your Pokemon on another. Now they're getting into, they're kind of blurring the line between the games and the anime. Where it's like, okay, now you can send out multiple Pokemon at once or in quick succession to complete your objective. Well, and what's cool about it to me is that it's one game embrace. Like, I know different games have had technically different battle styles, right? Like two-on-two or cycle battle style or whatever. But, like, this game actually feels like it's really exploring the idea of different battle mechanics where you can have your traditional one-on-one or probably even two-on-two with all the menus and all your items and bag and everything. You can do the fully passive, like, let's go one Pokemon goes out there, does whatever it does. And then what you're talking about with this um, Team Star base, you it's it's three Pokemon at a time. It's a bun- it's like a, it's like waves of Pokemon coming at you. Um, I wonder if you're able to give it some, you know, give your Pokemon mild commands or give them items while they're battling because it looked like you had 10 minutes to defeat 30 Pokemon, at least in what they were showing off. And I'm guessing that's probably going to be a difficult thing to do the first time you go there. So presumably there is some sort of strategy, which means it's like a totally different way of battling in Pokemon. You know, like it's not something we've ever seen before. It's almost like a mini version of the Warriors games where it's like you versus just like a massive army. This is like the small <laughs> Pokemon version. It's like you versus a wave of 30 Pokemon. Just just keep it down because you know they're probably going to try to do a Dynasty Warriors Pokemon game. Oh, <laughs> I'll shout that. <laughs> <laughs> just as long as I would be there day one. <laughs> as long as they give me Scizor, I'll be great. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? Oh, oh. Yeah, that would be a fun game to to choose like the roster for, for sure. That would be so cool. I'm sure the first the first time you run into this Team Star event, it's probably doable, but it'll likely be something that's meant to be a teachable moment where it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to get used to it. I personally hope it's not doable. I hope they treat it like a roguelike within the game. Huh. I hope that the first time you do it, like they kick your butt <laughs> and you have to get better at doing it. I think that would be fantastic. Pokemon's never that. done anything like no, that before. No, the only time, actually, no, I don't think there's ever been a time where Pokemon's done something where it's like you're meant to lose. Yeah, because in Pokemon, if you lose, it's usually devastating. Right. right. It's like, shoot, I lost to the gym leader and I lost half my money. But if they can create this sort of like mini roguelike inside the Team Star bases, one, to me, that really does speak to the fact that they were trying to create three different experiences, you know? And two, I think it would be a safe place to lose in a Pokemon game that involves a totally different type of strategic thinking. Okay, here's what I did the first time and it didn't work. Do I need to level my Pokemon up or do I need to have different a different team of three? Do I need item? Like, uh, right. like will they be able to eat berries while they're in, in these sort of wave battles, you know? 
I think that could be fun. I mean, the first time you play Hades, you get your butt absolutely handed to you, and it's by design. And yeah, that would be, and like, have that be part of the narrative too. Just be like, okay, well, come back when, uh, when you've got better Pokemon or something. I'm, I'm not Mm -hmm. a writer, so I'm (laughs) terrible at dialogue. (laughs) I'm sure the bosses will have some, you know, harsh words for you if you lose. But that's the other thing worth mentioning, I think, about these bases, right? We've seen we've seen enough from the trailers we've gotten, I think, to deduce that there are multiple bases and there are multiple bosses because Mela, the one Team Star boss that we have been introduced to, mm-hmm. is specifically called the boss of Team Star's fire crew. Why would you call it a fire crew if there weren't other crews? Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know, obviously, how many bases there will be. I would guess probably three. There's probably a fire one, a water one, and a grass one. But right. I hope it's, you know, I hope it's less predictable than that. And I, I kind of hope that they serve as X number of additional, quote, gym leaders. You know, like they 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 haven't showed us what battling the Team Star boss looks like. Mm-hmm. But they have shown us that you battle on that weird car thing that very obviously has a Pokemon attached to it <laughs> that they're just not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but and they ha- but they haven't showed us the actual battle. So it's some sort of boss battle. Um, and I hope that there are, you know, multiple bosses that feel kind of like their own separate uh gym leader quest you know beat x number of bosses and that's how you get through the team star campaign right and i'm sure if uh if they're all sort of this uh this sort of encampment on trails and uh, on routes then it's likely that completing one will give you free passage through that area whenever you feel whenever you want i would think so right which again still adds that certain layer of depth because I don't even think we've had that. I mean, other than you know pouring water on a pseudowoodo in in the middle of a trail or cutting a tree between bushes. Well, that could be the way. That could be a separate way of progression, right? So like I'm I'm sitting here saying like, well, that you could just it could just be really hard and you have to like build up a strategy and you have to lose the first time or whatever. But it could be it could be what you're talking about where the first time you do it it's easy. And then you come back and you don't necessarily have free reign. It's just harder the second time you do it. Right. And maybe you have to beat the boss X number of times and then you get free reign or passage or whatever. Um, But I like that idea, right? This like, I don't know if that means you befriend them (laughs) (laughs) or if you just earn their respect or what, but I'm sure, you know, there, there's some element, but that could be a replayability element, right? Typically, once you beat a gym leader, you don't get to battle them again until you've finished the whole game. Right. This could be an element of, I beat the boss, um, but I haven't finished the game. I'm going to go fight the boss again. <laughs> Who knows? We shall see. We've got, uh, what, two? No, we got a month, I think. Oh, yeah. Yep. We've only got about a month left. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I need to get my pre-order on real quick. <laughs> right? <laughs> The only other thing I think worth mentioning here with trainer number one is that we get a pretty decent look at the map and they do point out that you can create waypoints. So this, I think the map has progressively gotten better with each Pokemon game, um, but this is a totally different style, right? I mean, we don't have the sort of route, um, like route drawn on the map because it's open world. Um, We don't necessarily have, I'm assuming the sort of objective that tells you where you're supposed to go. If you're picking it up after a long time, right? It sounds like you will create your own destinations um, and mark them on your map. I do hope this means, I don't know why you'd be able to make a waypoint if this wasn't the case, but I do hope that when you make a waypoint, you will see a, 
you know, a waypoint beam on the overworld as opposed to just the minimap. That would be um, great because, I mean, otherwise, what's the point of making waypoints? I agree with you, but they also have added a minimap, which they've never really had before. So oh. I don't know if they're going to just roll with, you know, you have a waypoint on your minimap and, you know, follow follow the compass or something. Who needs it if you've got the minimap? No, no. I, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm, I'm excited to see how they do with a minimap since they've never done it before. Yeah. I mean, they're really leaning into the to the Switch tech. So we do uh, get our second trainer here. And this was something that was news to everybody, I think. The TM machine, where which is their sort of, I guess, as far as Pokemon goes, advanced crafting system. <laughs> <laughs> We got to see the graphic interface, which looked beautiful. Yes. Um, the menu of TMs is amazing. They have like a little, you know, sc- not screen grab, but like an image of a Pokemon using that move on the select screen. And then we saw on that that same interface that you need resources to actually make TMs. I don't know if that means you have to get it somewhere first and then you can replicate it or if you earn, like if you find recipes for right. lack of a better term or what but it looked like a combination of something called league points i don't know what that is i'm assuming you get them when you battle and materials um that are more than just berries um, and apricorns and stuff it looked like actual like like pokemon parts like, uh, <laughs> like one of uh, them i think was like a silk and one of them i think was feathers and stuff like that like little claws and stuff and it's like how do you make cds yeah. out of this Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are you excited for more crafting in Pokemon or is Pokemon a game where you don't need crafting? Honestly, as I uh, see, I don't have any beat because my kids don't, they're not as interested in Pokemon as I am. I, well, sure. My son will watch it, but other than that, the games, they got as far as Pokemon snap. But as an older player, I kind of like this added depth to be able to say, okay, I want to teach somebody this, uh, you know, go check out the recipe. Oh, well, I need this, this, that, and the other. And as a Monster Hunter player, it, that's, yep. it does feel very Monster Hunter inspired. It, it kind of scratches that itch. Yeah. And having not played Arceus, I don't know exactly where that went. But as far as... You craft uh, a lot in that game. <laughs> what we're doing here kind of i feel like they're building off of that i guess but also keeping it to the realm to the scope of the game keeping it relevant to what you need to do here yeah i think it's interesting to me to be getting more info and details about this game after having got arceus nine months ago because they weren't developed by the same team right the uh, game freak has two teams as i understand it and but but obviously they work for the same company so it's interesting to see like okay did the developers of scarlet and violet sort of see what arceus was doing and say we're going to take sort of a a a more streamlined version of that and apply it to our tm machine and then that's all we're going to craft or will we see a lot more crafting elsewhere in arceus you have to like you don't have to but it is wise to make your own Pokeballs in that game. Mm-hmm. So you collect materials and make your own Pokeballs. You also make, you know, bait and food and uh, different types of items and stuff like that. Like crafting is a big part of that game. This looks like it's a little more limited, which I'm okay with. I don't think every game needs to be a crafting game. Right. So as long as it's it feels relevant, like you were saying, relevant to sort of the setting and context... I can get behind it. And this feels relevant to the setting and context. 
with Pokemon, if you're doing, you know, like they're doing the mainline games here, you don't really need, because you're already going to have stuff like recipes and food and things like that going on elsewhere. You don't need your players mired down in, in other activities when there's already so much that can be done in the game. And Sword and Shield moved. You know what I mean? Like that game doesn't, you don't really have to waste that much time in that game to move forward. Right. Uh, they added a ton of quality of life stuff to make that game quick if you want it to be quick, you know? So I can't imagine they their lesson from that would be to slow it back down. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure because it's open world, there are ways that you can take your time and explore, but I doubt that they would be introducing things that would uh, would require you to play slowly. Like intentionally hamper you. Right, exactly, exactly. We also saw in this trainer number two portion the Titan Pokemon. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about this other than this just feels like they like the totem Pokemon and alpha Pokemon. So the totems from Alola and the alphas from Hisui or Arceus. And I, I don't think we're going to get a ton of these, but it's it certainly looks like we'll get at least a few. The only question I have is can you catch it? Because if I can have a giant crabby thingy, that I yeah. can throw out and have my opponent just be like, oh my god, what the heck is that? That would be amazing. My guess would be yes, you can, because I believe in Sun and Moon, actually I'm confident in Sun and Moon, you could catch the totems, and in uh, Arceus you can catch alphas. Yeah, so I'm... So you should be able to, by by all measures. That would be great, and I just, I don't know, it, it draws me back to Season 1 of the anime where ash is like <laughs> i just caught a crabby did you get it professor oak and he's like oh yeah i got it oh uh, gary's was bigger <laughs> yep yeah i mean the pokemon franchise has now fully embraced pokemon size differences like it's not just pumpkaboo anymore like all pokemon can have different sizes and i think that's fun yes say hello to my big giant magikarp yep yep <laughs> Enormous Magikarp. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to look here. The only other thing with trainer number two, and this is this is geeky stuff. Some people probably didn't even care or notice this, but we got to see the online function menu. So I, they're calling it the Poke Portal. We saw there was a Union Circle. We saw an option for Terror Raid battling. We saw the Link and Surprise Trade options, um, and then Link Battle and Battle Stadium. Don't know what Battle Stadium is. I'm assuming that's random battling or something similar to that. Um, and Mystery Gift, which is exactly what it sounds like. So it doesn't sound like they've drastically changed the online functions for this generation. No, but uh, I I do like the idea that they're calling them like unions and whatnot. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. it kind of creates that interconnectivity with the, uh, with the, the player base. And yeah. it gives it that... Uh, that worldly feature kind of like how um they introduce the fact that you're not just battling in some big open empty field anymore you're fighting in in a big stadium in front of a large crowd oh my like gosh adding it adds another layer of depth and that's probably going to be a common theme in this episode that i bring up yeah well i think it's i think they would be thrilled to hear you bringing it up because the two things they're stressing is the open world and the fact that you can have this adventure with your friends and family based on how they're doing multiplayer. You know what I mean? Right. So if, if, if you keep bringing it up, I think they're reaching their goal. I'm going to hit home with this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. You bring up the stadiums. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss those massive sports stadium style gyms yeah. so much. And I mean, I guess it's understandable if they do that for, you know, every game going on, then it doesn't feel as special yeah. in Sword and Shield. So, so you don't want every region knocking off of the other regions yeah. thing. If we get one in this game, though, I will be appreciative. I mean, maybe for uh, like the Elite Four or something or oh. or because... Again, with the whole storyline thing, when you're doing Victory Road, maybe there's some like quarterfinal, semifinal, whatever, and doing your championship, that is that is it. That's the big leagues. That's you in front of millions of other people showing what you can do. You know, that's an interesting thing I haven't thought about, Lee, is Sword and Shield got rid of the idea of an Elite Four. There is no Elite Four in the Gala region, right? There's right. just the championship tournament. Right. And all the people in the tournament are people that you've encountered before throughout the game because they all advance to the point of qualifying for that tournament, right? right? Alola did have an Elite Four, but it was just a brand new one. So we've really only had one generation without it. And it makes me wonder if Paldea is going to have an Elite Four or if they're just going to have a championship circle or something like that. I mean, it They have implied that champion is a rank in Paldea, not a singular title. Huh. I don't know what that means. So maybe there's um, a group of champions or there's like a or it's just like a a certain number. Yeah, does it work like the Journeys anime where you have like a score, you know? I kind of like where this is heading. Oh, the league <laughs> points. I wonder if you have to have a cumulative number of league po- I know you use them to craft, but I'm sure that they keep track of how many you've had overall. Right. Or or maybe you don't actually spend them. Maybe it's just like um, an like unlock a, system where you exactly have to have a maybe it's an unlock system. It's it's possible because that's literally what the journeys anime does. Is like your score goes up and down based on your battling. Now I doubt you would go down in the game, right? Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if that were how the rankings work. If there's a championship rank, maybe you have to qualify to be in the championship rank, and that then that allows you to participate in the tournament or whatever you know which would be if they're kind of like delinearizing the you know travel and the storyline and everything maybe maybe that's possible yeah instead of becoming the champion your goal is just to become a champion within paldea i don't hate that no especially because you can do different things Hmm. because i do think most games treat becoming the champion as the end of the main campaign. Like that's the end-all be-all right there. But if this game wants you to to feel like there are three separate campaigns, they don't want you to feel like the campaign is over once you have finished the gym challenge. Right. Huh. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that... I, I've seen some people saying that they think they've shown too much already. I don't think they've shown us very much at all. No, I think they've I mean, shown us a very small scratch of what this game is going to be. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's too much. It's more like they're showing they're it's it's like a sample plate. They're giving us a little of a lot. I think they're giving us a taste of each thing, but I think there's a lot more to the two things that aren't the traditional game. I think we know what to expect from the gym challenge. And they've shown us, what, two gym leaders and and the chairwoman? Like, we still don't know who any of the other gym leaders are. Right. And I think we've seen one of what will at least be three 
team star bases like heck we don't we haven't even seen the entire uh pokedex yet we've only we've only no. been introduced to a hand, to a handful that we know are going to be in the game that we've never seen before i'm very okay with the pace that they've been revealing pokemon at yeah i think i i reference this all the time and i'll never stop doing it sun and moon showed us far too much there was nothing in that game that was a surprise and i I'm so glad they stopped doing that because Sword and Shield, I feel like, had a very good lead up. And I feel like so far I'm okay with Scarlet and Violets. Yeah. And we're not going to get much more. We're only a month out. You know, we might get one more Pokemon announcement. Yeah. And it'd be in poor form to uh, just give us an info dump within 30 days, with within oh. 30 days of release. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. This is where we need to like really be we being those of us who don't want to know too much really need to be wary of like the leakers and data miners and all that sort of stuff and this is why i stick to my corner of twitter Me and i too, work all as the best time as i can <laughs> <laughs> well they featured two more trainers in this the third one they didn't show that much of uh this was sort of their big pokemon announcement section of the of this 14 minute gameplay trailer and pretty much it just existed to introduce us to the Pokemon Farigaraf, which is finally, finally an evolution for Girafarig. Yes. And I'm satisfied. I mean, it's it, it's kind of nice that our, our cute little two-headed giraffe thingy finally gets a sort of a semi-emo evolution like uh, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of them seem to get. Yeah, well, you know, Kyle and I were, were messaging back and forth just about how many Pokemon from Generation 2, which both of us agree is our favorite, have been getting a lot of love lately between Legends Arceus and this one and a little bit of, you know, some recent generations. Lots of Johto Pokemon that never evolved or never got that sort of gimmick attention are getting some attention now. Uh, Girafferig was one that I feel like people have wanted to evolve forever right and to the point where i was worried we would never see it simply because there were so many artist renditions of what it could look like i was like i don't know how they're gonna create a design that doesn't feel like it's ripped off an artist you right. know what i mean and you get to that point where it's you have so many people giving it that much attention that uh like official artists official staff they feel like they can't go anywhere with it because exactly legally they can't use these fan designs that are given to them on a silver platter right unless they can prove like i never saw that which is a very hard thing to do oh yes <laughs> so i mean i'm sure farigaraf looks like something someone's made at some point just like if they ever make more evolutions they'll look sort of like something someone made because that's got to be the most popular fake mon that's probably um, why we've uh we haven't seen any more evs i mean i wouldn't be that surprised yeah <laughs> But uh, but I, I think it looks great. I think it looks. I, I think this and what Stantler turns into in Arceus look far better. Uh, and this is just a personal preference thing. Far better than the Gen two evolutions we got in Gen four, like uh, Yan Mega. Oh god. Um and uh, Ambipom. Like I like these designs a lot better yeah, than those. Ambipom kind of freaked me out. It was something about the way Gen four designs were. There, there was something about them that I can't quite put my finger on. That just didn't vibe that much with me. Some of them were incredible, like Electivire and Magmortar and Weavile. And then some of them really didn't work for me, like Yanmega or um, Ambipom, like we said. There, there's just a few that I didn't didn't love. And of course, uh, there's Mega Heracross that just... Ugh. 
I actually don't hate that one. I I really don't like Mega Pinsir. I can I can take Mega Heracross, but Mega Pinsir does not work for me. That feels like a Gen Four evolution. I I wasn't keen on that one either. So it it just I don't like it. They they did my bug boys wrong. Yeah. But uh, um, one thing that I found rather interesting with the with the Furgar God, I cannot talk the Furigaraf. I practiced Lee. I practiced <laughs> so much today. <laughs> With the Farigaraf announcement, is that they also talked about the uh, the the Pokedex entries, and how uh, oh and they showed off that like your, each entry sort of has like a photo of the Pokemon in in almost in like a Nature Channel type uh, situation, like they're just wildlife snaps. It kind of gave me callbacks to uh, Pokemon Snap. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, it's beautiful. Are they doing this thing where like? Uh, maybe like the storyline that was used in uh new Pokemon snap just kind of paid off or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, jumping slightly ahead, we do have a camera in this game. Oh, and you, it seems yes. like you have a, a relative bit of freedom. It's not just a selfie camera. It looks like you can take pictures a number of places. Now, I don't know if this is going to work like the Alola camera where there were like specific locations where you were allowed to take photos um, and that's the only time you could use your camera or right. if it's going to be like an actual open world camera. I mean, I'm obviously hoping for the latter. Exactly. I mean, of course, you don't have to do like uh, interactive functions like throwing stuff at them or or pester right. balls or anything. No, it's just, you know, hey, a, a little whistle here or something to get the Pokemon's attention would I mean, heck, that would go that would open up a lot of possibilities especially with uh, people who liked pokemon snap yeah where you have I mean, like I... an online gallery where you could show off your snaps Ooh, i mean if they make if they make sharing snaps a lot easier than they did in actual new pokemon snap i will be pleased that's <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite thing about that i love new pokemon snap but the one thing that infuriates me about that game uh and this is a this is a switch problem not necessarily a pokemon problem sharing photos is like dang near impossible <laughs> yeah I, I still didn't get a grasp on that function i was just like it's so I'm, annoying i'm gonna go back to playing the game now yeah yep i <laughs> so with this camera i would love to see a gym a gym test that uses the camera Ooh. i would love to see uh research tasks that you do um for arvin and the urba mystica right campaign using the camera app um like if you would have to take pictures of Pokemon footsteps when you were searching for a Titan, that would be very cool. Like, I think there are a lot of cool things you could do with the camera app. I'm really hoping that it is more than a feature and that it is actually woven into the game at least a little bit. You right. know, if, if we get a couple instances where it's necessary, I think I'll be pleased. Oh, definitely. You talked about this already a little bit, but I would love to talk more about it. They start the trainer four off with character customization. Yes. And it is a lot better than anything we've seen before. Oh, most definitely. The um being able of course, you know, you have your specific uh clothing stores and whatnot and your uh hairstylists, but um when they were kind of doing that little like snippet of that little montage snippet where they start going through the styles and whatnot, actually seeing real world clothing, not just, you know, your hoodies and your uh your plaid shirts and whatnot, but, <laughs> <laughs> but actual like, okay, here's an overcoat or yeah. here's you know, something that's not boxed within like two styles. 
that literally no one else wears 24-7. Yep. I like that. I like the ability to have different clothing that's modeled for different situations. I really like that they are giving us more control over the actual physical appearance of our player characters. We've been able to change hairstyles and hair color for at least a generation now. Right. I think two, maybe, because I think Alola might have had some of it. Um, but the the fact that you can now change the shape of your eyes so that they more resemble what you look like or what you want them to look like, the fact that you have more lash options, more brow options, it looks like you have more control, not just over lipstick on your mouth but what your mouth will actually look like it does feel like pokemon finally got the memo on like you can't just make the same sort of like anime character and just change (laughs) the shade of their skin right call it like character customization so i'm really pleased that they finally did that i mean pokemon for a long time had like an actual player character with like a name and everything and they still name them but like they were always an avatar so let us you know choose what our avatar looks like I think we're on the doorsteps of uh, a potential Pokemon MMO. I, God, we've been dreaming about it since N64. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this really feels like the game that we all like daydreamed about that at the time was super not possible uh, back when we were still playing like Pokemon Yellow. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> we were just, we were so limited by the, by the technology of the time. Yeah. And yeah. now we're, we're not limited by the D-pad anymore. I know. That's great. That's great. I looked at the menu for the customization. You definitely can change the shape of your eyes, the color. It looked like there were a lot of colors too. Oh, yes. Um, You could change what kind of eyelashes you have, and it also looked like there were some makeup options for that. You can choose what your brows look like. It looked like there were some makeup options for that. Um, And like I said, the mouth and makeup. It looked like there was also maybe uh, facial markings. I don't know if that's like birthmarks and freckles and... Maybe scars, stuff like that. That would be pretty cool if the, if it went that deep, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but I also don't know if that's just things like blush. You know, it could it could be something as simple as that. Because um, Sword and Shield really didn't have a ton of options when it came to like quote makeup or like what your face looks like. And then there was one more option. I cannot figure out what it was. I want to say maybe it was like face paint, um, but I I don't know what the icon means. So there's at least one more option in the character customization that I haven't figured out. We also saw a little bit of like what your profile page would look like. And it's sort of just like your trainer card from Sword and Shield. But one thing that I thought was interesting, it shows how many badges you have. It shows your Pokedex number. It also, I don't know if you caught this, shows you how many shiny Pokemon you've battled. Oh. So the game will track for you now how many shiny Pokemon you've encountered. So if you show off a folder full of shiny Pokemon and you've only actually battled two... wow i hadn't even thought of that but that's brilliant (laughs) that's amazing it's like oh you said you had that pokemon did you actually get that from go or did you find it in scarlet and violet exactly (laughs) so now you you actually have a way to sit there and and someone just shows them off and now you can you can request the receipts yep you better hold your friends accountable (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I love that's exactly where you went first. <laughs> Stop lying about your shiny Pokemon to Lee, everyone, okay? He's on to you. <laughs> hey, I'm and I'm I'm no better. Like most of my shinies came from Link Trade, Pokemon Go, or uh heck, I don't even know anymore. But 
Yeah. I've not, got a bunch of them. Random I'm, encounters. Yeah, I mean, because uh just that's just my stroke of luck. I Pokemon Go was probably the first time I ever naturally ran into a shiny Pokemon. So <laughs> it was very it was a very rare occurrence for me. It had not happened naturally. Like a full odds natural shiny encounter didn't happen for me until Gen 7. Yeah, so... And I think. Maybe 6, but I'm pretty sure it was 7. I think it was a love disc. Mm. <laughs> and then an Alolan Diglett. Two Pokemon I don't even <laughs> like that much, and they were my first two full odds. It's like, come on. But hey, then you get, you know, shiny Hansen when it evolves. I sure did, and you better believe I put it on my team. <laughs> <laughs> The last sort of big thing they showed off with Trainer 4 was picnics. Yes. What do you think about picnics? Um, I actually, I really like the idea. I I really love that, you know, it started with, uh, what was it, Pokeblock back in, uh, what was it, Gen 2? Or was it Gen um, 3? I think it was Gen 3. Because it was, did Pokeblock, did Pokeblock, I swear I can talk, <laughs> affect um, contests in the way that, like, uh, maybe Poffins did. Or I don't something know like that. if it affected contests. I think it was more like an EV thing, but right. and that's what it started out as. And then, uh, but I love how that's just kind of like perpetuated in some shape or form since then. Mm-hmm. So now we've just got sandwiches because I mean, who doesn't like sa- Well, there oh are people gosh. who can't have sandwiches, but you know, we do have uh, what is it? Uh, you know, gluten without free. bread, gluten-free sandwiches. Yes, with lettuce. I love lettuce, but um, and so I feel like this is kind of the next natural step because now you actually created an in-world opportunity for you to eat with your Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, you had curry, but you put what berries and crap in there, and you're like, who's gonna put berries in their curry? Look. I love curry, but my excitement level at being able to make sandwiches was through the roof. <laughs> right. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I just can't wait to make sandwiches. And you have all the fixins. I, I do want to know if they're going to have mushrooms because anytime I went, uh, when I used to work at Subway, I always put, we had the one Subway that had um, <laughs> mushrooms and I would always put mushrooms on my sandwich. Yeah, I've never seen that. That's wild. Now, I do. This is where I put the Pokemon Company on blast, and I want to know where that ham came from. Don't ask that question. (laughs) You're validating Dr. Ben, who is giving me a hard time about LeChonk. I mean... I can't have this. I need allies, not enemies. (laughs) This has been my fight since Gen 5, when they introduced Tepig. And the meme was that it was self-cooking bacon. I was like, no, just let me have my cute pig Pokemon. <laughs> what if all what if that's Pokemon where all the meat break. is made of slowpoke tail? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. There we go. All of a it. nice, a nice uh, self-sustaining resource right there. There you go. Um, and I mean, it's no, like, but it does beg a lot of questions. We did have like season one where we had like a regular cat for all of like five minutes right or, or regular did I... fish regular birds bugs like yeah season one of the anime was a mess so that's where um, that's where they all went because we you know after that we never saw them again they all got yeah. exported to the paldean region yeah 
I mean, when when even plants can be alive, there's no escape yeah. from that question. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, cheruby is literally a fruit. <laughs> so what are you going to do? And then you've got the ice cream. And... Exactly. And exactly. it's like, I'm sorry, Whitney, but your mill tanks days are numbered. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and good, good, good. Because good. she terrorized all of us as children. So. Roll out. God bless. Um, I will say the ingredients look list looked huge. Yes. I don't just based on the scroll bar, it looked enormous. So I hope that's true and not misleading. At this rate, um, we're going to have a freaking Quiznos on our table where oh, you, you're starting to oh. pick the types of cheese, the types of bread. And are you toasting your sandwich you or not? <laughs> you want it toasted, <laughs> or do you just want the meat heated? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the curry deck. I still haven't finished the curry decks. Oh, Based okay. on the ingredients they ha- like, the potential ingredients they have for the sandwiches, the sandwich decks feels like it's going to be impossible. Oh my god! Assuming it's, there is one. This is where the because I I am I I love my food now, so <laughs> unlike curry, I have a feeling I'm going to spend a significant time here, and I'm going to end up creating the shaggy where you have like fifty billion different oh. layers of food. <laughs> only that for it amazing. to be stolen by a dog pokemon or something by fido i know right wait no 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 i'm not exploring that thought <laughs> fido already weirds me out <laughs> we're not going there I'm, on this day <laughs> I, I do have to say that watching this video that that did kind of bug me i'm like did you did you really just go with fido i mean what yep. what Oh, and it was Fido. Fido was the one that turned into a flying Pokemon to fight Sudowoodo yes, Grass Yes, because it had the, uh, the the weird balloon crumb. Yes, yes. Memory unlocked. <laughs> uh, but I'm very excited about sandwiches. I, the internet was ablaze over the idea of cleaning your Pokemon, which I will point out we've been able to do before. So yes. everybody calm down. Everybody so, calm down. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought we've already had that feature. You could do it in Sun and Moon. They would get like dusty or dirty or you'd need to brush them or whatever. I don't know that you would hose them down. So maybe that's why everybody's getting weird. Yeah, because then the question is, is like, where are you getting all that? Wait, water Pokemon. Never mind. Okay. No. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. It's a unlimited resource. <laughs> it's magic. Had a peg plus cat <laughs> moment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing that's very strange, and there was a YouTuber that I saw that posed this, um, and I had not thought of it at all. I mean, I, I certainly... Uh, was confused when they introduced this during the picnic segment, but I hadn't thought of it this way. Finding eggs in a picnic basket when you are picnicking that are apparently Pokemon eggs, I just thought that's a weird thing, and I wonder if it's just going to be a random stroke of luck. But the YouTuber was like, are they changing the breeding mechanic? And will you breed Pokemon through your own sort of picnic mechanic as opposed to having to go to a daycare? You know, I'm having so many wrong thoughts here, and I'm I'm not comfortable. Look, no, I was just <laughs> playing Pokemon, I think, Pearl, and, and they said no one has ever discovered where Pokemon eggs come from, even Professor Elm, so don't think about it too much. Y- yeah. <laughs> they just it's appear. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, those two, they're going off to have fun after a nice sandwich. They just sandwich. get along. They get along okay? so well. They either get along or they don't. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> eggs magically appear. But it, it is interesting just mechanically, like, how would that even work? Because typically you picnic with your whole team. So if it is where you will, you know, do Pokemon breeding, which I am very curious about because I don't I don't shiny hunt, I shiny breed. Right. Um, I will be curious to see how that 
works if it is a breeding mechanic. If it is just like you can randomly find Pokemon eggs, that is a lore question that I don't want answered, but you know, okay, great. It's purely <laughs> just based on luck, I guess. There is an egg in my picnic basket. It now belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a living thing that now belongs like, to oh, me, I guess. Here I am about to have lunch and suddenly I have to take care of a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what that means, but it was certainly an interesting tease. We'll we will find out, I guess is the the moral of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, the only thing they really showed off after this was just an actual terror raid battle. They showed us a little bit more gameplay and a little bit more of it in action. And the ghost Chansey. The ghost Chansey. That seemed terrifying. Oh, yes. Chansey's already difficult. And then suddenly you can't. Well, okay, here's a question. And I don't think we have the answer. I know that the terror type affects offensive stats. Right. Will it give Pokemon any type-based properties? Like if a, if a Chansey has a ghost terror type, and it is terrestrialized, can you no longer hit it with normal type moves? Huh. Or is it purely an offensive boost? Did they uh did they ever get rid of the whole like, you know, fighting type move on a ghost and it, you know, they say, oh well, they hit a wall, the far wall or something like that. Oh, where they would like miss? Yeah. And it said it hurt itself uh, you know, flying into a wall or something <laughs> High like that. High jump kick. Yeah. <laughs> Gen 1 had like a whole weird, like you could, in Gen 1, I, I I remember, this is the thing I forgot for a long time, you could just straight up miss a Pokemon with a Pokeball, which is the most infuriating thing. I forgot It could just sometimes that. miss. You missed. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere along the way they, they tweaked it, but it does make me wonder. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to find out. I'm, I'm hoping we find out because that would be <laughs> neat to, to find out. That, that would be great. And then of course, you know, there's the whole thing of. You know, okay, so now they have this this new typing whenever they're terastalized. Does that mean that, uh, say, say that Pokemon is weak against the type that it's, you know, weak against its Terra type, does that circumvent its weakness then? Right, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is it is it purely a an attack-based type that gives it a boost, or does it give it resistances? Does it give it any sort of type-based um, bonuses, you know? It's just like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, like, what would be too powerful. All I know for certain is that it gives you a version of stab. So, like, you know, if, if you are a Chansey and you have a water-type move, it doesn't, you know, it, it it's just a water-type move until you terastalize into a water-type, and then you get the stab bonus. Right. That's all I know for sure. Ooh, and then that makes you rethink your... Uh how you set up moves with a Pokemon. Cause then it's like, it's Terra type. Then when it's terrestrialized, it strengthens the moves of that type. So if you have a, I wonder if that changes move limitations. It, there's a lot of questions. It really, I wonder what limits are on it. You know, like what's the scope? And, and, and if you are terrestrialized, do you lose your stab for your native type moves? Right? So like if you're a flying Pikachu, if you're a flying Terra type Pikachu, is your only stab bonus going to flying type moves, or will you still get stabbed for Thundershock? Right. You know? Or do you have to avoid being terastalized in order to get your electric stab? So lots of questions. I'm sure we'll all find out the hard way. <laughs> 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 when we can't hit Chansey with a normal type move. 
Um, but there are lots of questions I still have about a lot of this stuff, which is why I don't feel like they've shown us that much. And then, I still you know, feel like there's a lot of mystery surrounding a lot of things. And then naturally, I don't think Pikachu can learn Aerial Ace. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. I think they said, you know, they said any Pokemon can have a Terra type of any of the 18 types. But I do think they said specifically the flying Terra type Pikachu is only available as like an early playing mystery gift bonus or something like that. Huh. So I wouldn't be surprised if that particular Pikachu came with something like Aerial Ace, just to like really screw everybody up. <laughs> you know? Oh, wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and, um, this is unrelated, but I was I was wondering, sure. um because they explained that there would be a feature where uh, where Arceus, like the the Pokemon in that, would somehow be able to be transferred to like home, right? Like there would be home support. Yeah, yep. It is now home compatible. It is officially home compatible. So now. Then that it took a while, but it's wonder, there. You know, you have uh, the Arceus specific Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Have they mentioned whether whether uh, Scarlet and uh, Brain Violet, Scarlet and Violet? There we go. <laughs> It's like some blue adjacent <laughs> color. <laughs> are they going to have model support for those? Or are we just kind of, you know, SOL about that? Unclear. Because here's the thing. They haven't had to deal with it yet, obviously, because Hisui was a region that existed in the past. And it right. came out after Diamond and Pearl and Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield, yeah. So they lucked out in that because it was a later game, it made sense you couldn't bring new Pokemon backwards. You can put those Pokemon into home. Will you be able to bring them forward in time <laughs> and drop them in Scarlet and Violet? If we still had national dexes in every game, they would have to figure it out. But now that they don't have national decks in every game, they actually don't have to do it. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think it would be fun if I could bring my Hisuian Growlithe into this game because we know Growlithe exists in this game. We saw it several times, um, but they don't have to do it because no. not every Pokemon appears. Growlithe though is a, f it's a regional form. So, you know, theoretically the support should exist. I mean, and, and then, you know, they could do a whole another layer, like do like a time machine thing or something like they did with the fossils. It's, it's possible that they could do something like that. And, Maybe I'm just wishing well, that I get Cleavor. No, I mean, I hope that's the case. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it would be silly for them not to because it would give longevity to Legends Arceus, right? Right. Like, like let it overlap with the other games. And you can bring stuff from Diamond and Pearl and Sword and Shield, or I guess technically any other game, into Legends Arceus. And the only explanation is just like, oh, this Pokemon traveled across space and time and it gets right. its own special Pokeball and it's just like a cute little allusion to the fact that this came from the future, you know? But they don't explain it in the game um, because that game kind of has its own weird... You haven't played it yet, so I won't say. Well, there's this own whole weird... like, time, time travel-y element yeah. to it that I yeah. understand about. It's... So they can kind of go, you know, they, they don't have to go into super detail because you kind of already assume, like, okay, time has something to do with this. But I do think it would be fun 
to be able to bring your cleavor into Scarlet and Violet because it is a recent addition. Um, and you would get the same, maybe you get a special Pokeball again because it would have originally been in an old school Pokeball. Or maybe they let you have the old school Pokeball in Scarlet and Violet because now they can plan for the compatibility. Like, I think it would be fun. I just have no idea if they're going to actually do it. Right. And I mean, who knows? Because, you know, they have the they have the possibility of dlc kind of like how they did with sword and shield so oh i mean it I could be a later getting dlc oh definitely at least two at you would least. think right <laughs> and so i mean to to be able to have that as a later implementation would also allow for you know that would also keep player interest so yeah well and you were kind of alluding to like imagine if if the person that you get a fossil from in Scarlet and Violet assuming there are fossils mm-hmm. imagine if you bring a pokemon from Legends Arceus that is now extinct into Scarlet and Violet and show that pokemon to that person that would be a fun little like side quest or like you get a reward for bringing something from Legends Arceus kind of in the same way that you got rewarded in sword and shield for having a let's go data file you know what i mean right i think there's a way to very easily tie it into what you've talked about like you mentioned which is the fossil archaeology something like that i think you could do something really fun with it and that would be great because i mean just the existence of Arceus kind of gives that whole uh that whole new twist on uh on time traveling because then you've got all these pokemon that people didn't even think existed because they died out and documentation probably you know either burned in a fire or was lost and Mm -hmm. and we see this all the time in in real life situations where we find fossils of of animals that we didn't even think existed there are plenty of opportunities there it's it's balls in their court whether they want to utilize it or not i mean legends arceus acknowledges alolan Vulpix, so they can do whatever they want oh yeah. you know what i mean there's there's no real limitation there they've never been a stickler for lore so they can do something just because it's cool and not explain themselves if they don't want to oh yeah so i'm rooting for you to be able to bring your cleavor into this <laughs> new game because i want to bring be able to bring some of the some of the extinct pokemon in as well yes. some of them are cool as heck and then go into uh an online competitive match and show <laughs> off only to get my butt kicked but at least i'll yeah. look cool doing it <laughs> exactly right <laughs> well there were some things that i think can be arguably considered goofs or potential goofs maybe mistakes but maybe uh easter eggs hard to say um there was a moment in the u.s trailer where the mini map showed three additional Pokemon that have not been announced. Oh, so there was a mini map moment where there, where it gave away the fact that your mini map will show you nearby Pokemon or nearby Pokemon habitats. But the Pokemon that were indicating this were not things we'd ever seen before. One of them was a Rookity, which we know from Sword and Shield. The other three were not a Rookity. <laughs> I don't know if you want to know. They are in the trailer. But and this uh, is the part where I go back and find it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can tell you. And if you go to the Victor Road Twitter, I, I think I retweeted it there. Because I didn't know that it was potentially a goof. Because it wasn't until the Japanese trailer came out and didn't have them that people were like, oh, wait, maybe that was a mistake. Because everybody just thought it was like their way of teasing new Pokemon. And then they seemingly were removed for the Japanese version. Which implies that they probably weren't supposed to be there to begin with. Oh. But I don't know. 
I don't know. They looked cute, though. I'll say that much. <laughs> and then there was one other seemingly Pokemon in the background of the, of the Team Star base that you don't get a good look at, but it doesn't look like anything we've seen before. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if it was just a poorly rendered model because it was in the background or if it is in fact a new Pokemon that they didn't, you know, scrub from the background as they are usually want to do. Hmm. And then I do believe the Jotonian Wooper appeared in the U S trailer where it should have been a Paldean one, uh, as represented by the Japanese trailer. So a lot of people were like, Oh my gosh, Johto Wooper's in there too. But I don't know if we should, we should consider that definitive. <laughs> no telling whether we, uh, whether we know, whether we should know that or not. Right. Or yeah, exactly. Whether that's something we should know or not. So there were some potential goofs in there, some a bigger deal than others. <laughs> uh, and only time will tell. Uh, you know, they'll probably never admit to it being a goof, but time will tell whether both whoopers are in this game or not. No, we'll just have a, you know, finger on the nose type situation. <laughs> well, is there anything from this 14 minute gameplay trailer or anything else you've seen, Lee, that you really want to chat about? Other than the fact that uh, I'm kind of sad that uh, Miraidon has wheels that move and Koridon doesn't, <laughs> and, uh, and see, I'm I'm normally a a red version kind of person. Uh huh. I went with sword just because you know I like swords and whatnot. But yeah, except for, with the exception of Gen One because Yellow was my first game personally. Oh, word. But uh, Ruby, Fire Red, uh, you know, all those, I just, I went with the red yeah. adjacent. And now I'm just like, well, if I go with that, I'm going to be shortchanged on my motorcycle beast thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love the fact that it looks like a motorcycle, but runs. <laughs> yeah. and the I'm, funniest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, it's, and who knows, I may go with that because, you know, I did say earlier on, I like you know the the derpy stuff and that that's yeah. kind of derpy i think that qualifies and i that... think rye called it a him like very himbo energy i have to agree <laughs> with her and I agree. that makes me wonder because throughout all of this you see it features this legendary pokemon the well these legendary pokemon so then this is wild to me is this just a marketing aspect or do you get these like fairly early on I don't know because they keep showing the box legendaries as the thing you travel on, but they also introduced, what is it? Cyclazar or cycle. I think it's Cyclazar or whatever, which looks like it is probably a pre-evolution of those. It also looks like a lizard. It also looks like a bike. And so I don't know if that means for the majority of the game, you actually are on Cyclazar or if this is sort of like, legends arceus where the game starts with a legendary encounter and kicks off from there you know huh like i don't i don't know because you're right they do consistently show you on miraidon and koridon and it just seems un and and they showed the legend the box legendary in the picnic scenes right and the only way it would show up in your picnic is if it was in your party and i was so convinced that there's no way you will be able to have the box legendary in your party until the end of the game. But I figured maybe you would be able to have it as a vehicle, right? Like it would be with you the whole time, but you aren't allowed to battle with it. There's some story reason why it's too strong or you haven't proven yourself or whatever. Right. 
but they keep showing it in situations that make it seem like it's with you all the time. I think that's just trailer stuff. It I could cannot be. imagine you can have it in your party early on. And I mean, it just seems wild to me. And I guess if it's played off right, it might be kind of cool. But at the same time, you know, having a legendary that early on in the game just kind of, I guess, takes the uh, the difficulty out. I guess. But then again, who am I to speak? I'm Mister Shiny Electivire over here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, unless it's a situation where you can have it in your party, but it won't battle. But that's annoying because that's taking up a spot, right? You know? And I mean, so that's... I don't know. My current theory is that you get Cyclozar early on. Uh, maybe you have an, a legendary encounter and you get Cyclozar instead, or something. Maybe you encounter the opposite box legendary and end up with Cyclozar and raise it to evolve into your box legendary. But I, I just, I don't understand. It's really weird to me, and I, I, I can't wrap my head around having the box legendary that early. Yeah, I I'm, I guess we'll see. We sure will. We sure will. <laughs> uh like we said we're a month out, so I don't know how much news we will get in the meantime. Maybe I'll manage to sneak in a non-scarlet violet episode before uh the game actually comes out. We'll see. It just depends on scheduling and all that sort of stuff. It's a busy time of year. Oh yes. Um so we'll see, but certainly once the game drops, you'll hear plenty of episodes. My hope is that we'll be able to do kind of what we did for Sword and Shear Sheared? Sword and Sheared for Sword and Shield, which is, you know, a series of episodes following where we kind of tackle covering it in a, in different ways. This game is going to give me a challenge though because the fact that it is open world and not linear uh, means I have to rethink how we're going to cover it. So I'm not totally sure what it'll look like, but if you're a listener here, you can expect us to cover it. Obviously, it's the big stuff. Um, but we'll see We'll see what you get before, before the game drops, if anything. Um, Lee, thank you for joining me to talk about what might end up being our last pre-game drop episode. I don't know. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I like these uh I like these sort of lead up episodes so yeah it's always. fun speculation is fun you know healthy speculation is fun yes yes <laughs> I think we keep our speculation healthy around here we, we try to keep our uh, expectations to at a uh, logical level yeah very reasonable you know <laughs> almost too reasonable sometimes <laughs> I'm sure Kyle would argue where I'm sitting here like we're not gonna get that we're not gonna get that don't expect that keep your hopes lower. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I prefer to be, you know, pleasantly surprised. So, yeah. so we keep them kind of like, yeah. I'd say, just above ground level. This game has me very excited, though. I can't yes. wait. Very pumped. Surprised I'm this excited since it's been less than a year since the last one. Well, I mean, it's a Pokemon <laughs> game with sandwiches. What do you expect? I mean, come I know. on. I know, right? <laughs> well, Lee, if people want to find you online or see any of the stuff you're talking about or doing, where should they go? Well, um, my sort of, uh, I guess what's become my quote unquote central hub is Twitter. And so you'll be able to find me at pirate monkey. That's monkey with an I E at the end mm -hmm. from there. You can check out all my other stuff. I do have a link tree profile in my, uh, in my about section and you can just kind of branch off and explore from there. Perfect. I love a link tree personally <laughs> makes it very easy. You don't have yes. to list off 20 things. You can just be like, go to my link tree. Oh yeah. That's where my, uh, that's where all my like uh portfolio well i i guess you can quote unquote that too portfolio stuff so <laughs> <laughs> we'll check it out for sure because there's good stuff there 
And if you think what we're doing here on Victory Road is good, you can find more of what I'm doing on Twitter at IckyBooley or on any of my other podcasts, Walloping Web Snappers, which is a Spider-Man podcast, Falling with Style, a Pixar podcast, or Novel Gaming, a books and video games podcast. For information on this show, be sure to find us on social media at Victory Road Pod. And if there's anything in the world of Pokemon you feel like we should talk about, just let me know. Until next time, I'm headed to the Paldea region to search for those three unannounced Pokemon from the minimap. And I'll see you later. Bye.